welcome back to the Alpharetta's podcast, official podcast of Digital and Creative Media Works. Each week, we take some from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. My name is Ben. And this week, it's our first inaugural live episode. So if you're either listening to this on the iTunes feed or seeing it uh, on the YouTubes, uh, you could have seen this live if you had the uh, little bell, for whatever the fuck YouTube's doesn't, doing now. Doesn't the inaugural mean like the first, first of the year? Doesn't the inaugural imply no, that would be the inaugural? Well, inaugural just means first. Just means first. Because annual okay. is... So the inaugural year. annual. It's not the inaugural annual. Well, it could be annual. Weekly. It, it could be the we inaugural. We could do this annually. Yeah, we won't. But see you next to, year. Yeah, see you next year, bitch. Podcast over. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of in the middle of meeting month. Last, uh, last week we, we tackled uh, one of my favorite films. And I think by the end of it, I talked Ben around into sort of at least enjoying well, what it was trying to do. At least not hating it mm-hmm. the same amount that I did before yeah. the episode. <laughs> we have a treat this week because we get to cover something that we both dearly love. Hooray! Um, because this week we are talking about the meaning of Hotline Miami. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move that because you made a noise. Oh. Is this why you start to parent me on my own podcast? Yeah. Well, our own podcast, excuse me. Daddy Ben in the house. Um, da- Papa Ben. I'm sorry. Uh, so, Hotline Miami, uh, which is a top-down shooter, was made by Denaton Games, published by Devolver Digital, came out in 2012. Um, the yes. sequel, Hotline Miami 2, is not available in Australia, so we're not going to be talking about it. Um, yeah, even though I've played it. Mm-hmm. You've played it. We've all played it, but... I've watched someone play it. Oh, I've actually played it. I'm just bad at pirating stuff. So right. Yeah, I, just, I was like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm fine, you know. With... Yeah, so the the developers said that for the second game, they were just like, if you're Australian, if you can, just if you pirate it. it. Just pirate it. Which makes sense. I think that makes sense. Because it's not like they got sales anyway. No. I um, think there was a period of time where it was like, it might have come around and gotten a rating, but... I think it maybe came out and then the ESRB dinged it or something like that. We don't have the ESRB. Or e- the, what is it? The Australian the, Ratings Board. Oh, the A... I don't think there's an A-R- It's just the Australian Ratings Board. ARB. It's not the ARP. Okay. Uh, so, before we get into the summary and then we dive into some of the meaning, I wanted to read you a quote, uh, which is something we just started doing to kick off the show. I just think it, it gets our brain juices flowing. Sure. Wish I hadn't said the word brain juices out loud, but it's too <laughs> fucking late for that. Uh, I apologize for saying that one with my human mouth. Um, okay, so I read you a quick quote to get us started. Uh, this quote comes from the Philosophy and Video Games blog, uh, and it's from a post which is Violent Instincts in Hotline Miami. Um, and the post just kind of talks at a top level about like what the game is trying to say. Um, does a you know decent job, but right has a quote that I think really encapsulates like the stuff that we were interested in the first time we talked about this game. <laughs> Jacket puts on a mask when he kills one of many, as if it is the mask that is committing the violence. We see this all the time in real life, mostly to avoid public censure and criminal charges. But there is a psychological element to it as well. Putting on a mask allows a person to draw upon parts of their personality that they feel that other people would disapprove of. He wants to hide himself to avoid censure, but I don't think he feels guilty. The mask is just a way to hide himself from society and be what he wants to be. In one of his surreal dream sequences in which he speaks to the manifestations of his various masks, one comments, You're not a very good person, are you? I think this represents the distance the jacket knows society feels for him, even as it praises him in the newspapers for his war on crime. This is the basic conflict at hand. I think the jacket first saw a threat when he heard the phone message and got in his car and drove to the subway, but then he saw something else. An opportunity. End of quote. And I only like, I like that because it taps into sort of, like, the, 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 the basic game is quite simple as far as, like, what it's trying to do with its message. Right. But I think it gives you the opportunity to, like, especially with the masks and stuff and then the different layers of, like, actual stories going on and reality and all that kind of stuff. I, I just like it when someone can pretty like effectively be like, oh, well, the mask is 
a mask, but also just a mask. Like, it's not that complicated. Yeah, this, I I guess a lot of mixed feelings about this game coming back to it. Like, when you play this game, you sort of get this, you get such an idea of, like, sort of this scale and the scope of the story that it's trying to tell, where it's trying to do all these sort of intricate things and all of these intertwining sort of little nods here and there and you know things are really weird and it's you know you're trying to sort of piece together like what it all means but so i i i played the game a bit Mm -hmm. earlier in the week and today and yesterday i sort of did a sort of brief research on just i sort of just looked at like story synopses and what was it like going back to it then after all this time because that's what i really would love to find out from you well i mean i find it easier yeah. the game itself it is easier when you go yeah. back yeah i think just, I certainly i just, certainly found it i you know it's like riding a bike you never really forget how yeah, to ride a you never bike forget how to do so like you know the first few missions you kind of like flounder a bit but then you just kind of get back into the groove of it right and you sort of re-catch up to how fast it is yeah sure um but, but as, as far as like the actual like i think in terms of like the story when you're playing it all of the all of the moments have so much more impact because of just the the general theming and sort of the state of mind that you're in when you're actually playing it that Mm. if you just do like a you know if you just read the synopsis of the story or just like watch videos of just like explain hotline miami which i did do Mm because i was like what like what do other people think i've got some responses to a few of those so yeah like you you watch those videos you're like man this game this game story sucks yeah it's nothing happens nothing happens but it there's a sense yeah like it's it's literally just like you know the the sort of i guess quote-unquote subplot of the sort of the girl that you end up kind of saving slash kidnapping the kind of quote-unquote girlfriend yeah like when you just when that you know these videos when they explain it she's just like you know once she just pops up for one sentence every every 10 sentences because that's yeah that's about her sort of presence in the game she's just there barely there for a few sections when you're all sort of at your apartment and it's you know there's like five of them you see her like five times in total and then she's dead so you're like you know you you write that down on paper and it's like (laughs) you see the girlfriend times five the girlfriend is now dead like that isn't good writing no but it's the when you're actually playing the game and you're actually sort of putting in like you know, you the feeling inputs the blanks, right? and the minutes and the time it takes yeah. to finish each mission it's not just ah jack walks into a place kills some people and leaves which is like 90 percent of these videos that i watched were like whereas like when you're playing it it's like you know you're so you engaged approach, in what you're doing you pick your mask you you scout out the area you you fail a few you times die which repeatedly. canonically <laughs> is i guess not what happens but you know it it feels like it almost feels like a you know, like when you play a stealth game, it's like you learn the like the routes of the guards. Yeah. Whereas, but like that's canonically what happens. You know, your character sort of like stakes out the area and learns. You know, you as the player and your character as the character both uh, sort of stake the out. Process. They both do this sort of like figure out the best way oh. to get through. But in this game, it's like you just die repeatedly, which is like non canonical. But it's until nice you feel. figure it out, and then he just plows through and kills everyone. So like a a store like a reading of the story is is just he walks into the bar, kills everyone, leaves the bar, goes get some pizza. Yeah. Like that's the game. But when you're playing it, it's so much more than that. That mm. I feel like just just taking the story on its own mm-hmm. is like a huge disservice mm. to what this game is. Yeah, I agree. But we do have to let's let's burn through the So summary. let's talk about the story. So let, let's let's quickly summarize the story <laughs> and then get to then get to the good stuff. Um, no, I completely agree. 
Okay, so this is just a quick summary. Set in 1989 Miami, the game follows the unnamed silent protagonist, Jacket. Known uh, as Jacket, yeah. Known as Jacket by the community. Uh, who was instructed via voicemail to investigate a shipment of cookies, after which he finds a package outside his front door with a rooster mask and the goal of performing a hit on a group of criminals in order to retrieve a briefcase. And then throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Um, each chapter then follows Jacket heading to various locations at the request of similar voicemails. As Jacket, you butcher entire mob gangs and groups of criminals, all the while intercut with visions of three masked figures. Richard in a rooster mask, Rasmus in an owl mask, and the nicer Don Juan, ironically wearing a horse mask. In between missions, Jacket visits various locations where his friend, Beard, offers encouragement and free samples and food. Some of these names the community's made up. He's not actually called Beard. Yeah. Um, Jacket then saves a woman at a movie producer's estate, kills a lone biker, and reality slowly unravels as the game progresses. You start to see visions of other masked killers who have died during certain missions, and Beard even abruptly gets killed off-screen, replaced by Richter, a terse man who offers very little help. After returning home one uh, one day, Jacket finds his girlfriend killed by a figure in a rat mask. The rat mask then shoots Jacket dead. The man in the rat mask then shoots Jacket dead. Uh, Jacket wakes up in a hospital seeking vengeance, heading to the police headquarters to find the attacker who was in custody. As it turns out, Richter is the attacker. He's also been f- he's also been leaving cryptic voicemails from the same mob source, instructed to clean up after Jacket's massacres. So Jacket uh, Richter is the one like cleaning up your bloody messes you're leaving yeah jacket then heads to the mob headquarters and kills everybody there thus avenging his dead girlfriend the game ends here but there is an epilogue where you play as the biker a boss that you kill earlier in the game biker is biker is disillusioned with following the mob's instructions and decides to track down the source of the mysterious voicemails he raids the phone company tracing the source of the calls to a nightclub after doing every murder you discover it's two janitors who have been making the voicemails in the basement if throughout the rest of the game you've uncovered enough secrets, you can crack a computer in the basement to discover that the janitors worked for 50 Blessings, a perceivably peaceful business that is secretly dismantling an alliance between America and the Soviet Union. Roll credits. Yeah, so there's a there's also so the biker that you play as in the epilogue is the same biker that Jacket kills about halfway through the game. And as biker, you do halfway through his kind of epilogue or fairly early on you actually it is the same biker you actually do meet jacket yes that, that was that's what i mean you, by earlier you boss. fucking destroy him you murder the crap um, out of him with a golf club like right? it's uh no so jacket kills biker with a golf club it's a really hard boss fight and like what what, what were you describing or i was so jacket kills yeah you had the wrong way so jacket kills biker and it's like a really hard boss fight and then as biker when you meet jackie you just kick him in the face and you, he just fucking dies immediately yes um Which... so there's there's sort of like this idea of like i either either of them are sort of un um unreliable narrators cool. um yes. probably jacket because he's in a coma can we talk um, about reality yet or are you building to that because i fucking love right, how this game about, fucks with reality about, about reality so you when you first pitched this game to me you were like you're probably gonna struggle because it's like a top-down shooter you were like and it's pro- pretty pro- hard yeah yeah you're like you may struggle it's with the dark souls of top-down shooters it's the dark souls of top yep because games can't be their own thing they always everything <laughs> has to be related to dark souls yeah. i agree um so when you first pitch it, you're like, you may not like the gameplay itself, but you might be invested in some of the concepts that it explores, like vis-a-vis when you do good murders, yeah, reality kind of starts to break apart, and there's some interesting ideas there. So and the music's good. Wow, the music is fucking hot to <laughs> trot, mate. Um, so there's a few like really basic things that the game comments on with 
that aren't like especially clever or like intriguing or deep. So I just want to hit those quickly so we can move into stuff. Get out of the get them out get out of the way. Um, so it's clearly a commentary on violence by providing you a hyper-competent player character who very quickly embraces his murder side. Yep. Um, it takes the man-with-no-name killer tropes a la Assassin's Creed Hitman to their yep. logical conclusion. Um, all of these people put on masks and assume roles, just in this game it's literal. Yep. <sighs> this contrasts with the bloody violence and the fact that you die very quickly. It's yep. realism, uh, it's taking the absurd and, and uh, contrasting it against realism. The most basic reading here that most people bring to the game is that violence is a great fantasy in Western society, but is ultimately meaningless. There is ostensibly no direction to the violence in the game, just that Jacket really likes to do good murders. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, it also seems to imply that the hitman trope isn't limited to psychopaths, but rather that we all have the psychological desire to be Jacket. We're all playing the game. The music and the pacing get you into the game, and you kind of, as you were saying, like when you're playing the levels, you get into that, like, their tactical headspace and like yeah. you get into like the if you were going to do good murders you that's that, how you, you get do into it. that flow state that, yeah, that good, hashtag good flow, flow state, state. yeah, yeah um, everything you've said is is kind of like what the second game just very sort of blatantly says as yes. well which is really funny because the the second yeah. game is very much sort of the uh the second game blank uh sort of, I don't know, blankets top and tails bookends bookends, bookends is yeah the it, book, it bookends the first game where it has sort of prequel sections it has actually a few sections during hotline miami one and it has a few after um and it it goes over all of that it touches you know it touches on the whole like there's a bit of madness in all of us Mm -hmm. fucking mr joker boy it touches on hashtag jokes it tucks touches on like the it gets very like fight clubby where like a lot where a lot of the play characters are the um they're like fans of jacket so like jacket gets like a fan club or yeah, he gets yeah. people who are like like hell yeah like that it's like project mayhem kind of yeah, thing yeah, fight yeah. club where it's like yeah yeah fight the power yeah man um brad is brad pitt this in that one? Oh, he's fight jacket club. yeah no yeah so in that role brad, brad pitt is like was, the jacket figure. yeah brad pitt is jacket. yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, um like and like the yeah they're all like the kids and they're like yeah that's we're gonna blow shit up and kill mobsters yeah Ridiculous. so like that yeah. and like the the second game gets very meta, but we're not talking about the second game. We're talking about the first game. Okay, so, so let me let me segue <laughs> from that into some of the stuff that maybe because okay, so I've got three arguments that we can pick from that we can talk about. I love you giving me this choice. Yeah, it's so we're probably choice. gonna get through we'll all get three through of them. them but <laughs> um, so I've got uh, the reality and the Matrix conversation, the Kanye West conversation, or <laughs> essentialism and action heroes. Let's start with that one, because I feel like okay. those other two are yeah. a, bit, a bit weird. It's fucking weird. Uh, okay, so to segue from that, I wanted to read you a quote from Reddit user uh, Mark Racker Joe, um, who I think encapsulates the exact thing you're talking about, where it's like, that reading doesn't say anything especially interesting about society, I don't sure. think. Violence is bad, but we all wish we could do good violence. It's like, yeah, no fucking that's shit. Like, that's just too fencing. <sighs> yeah. It's like the great... Um, so, uh, Mark, Mark Racker, so Joe says, uh, Hotline Miami has a large and excessive amount of violence, but unlike other games, it has a sense of realism and or self-awareness. Stuff kills you two hits tops, even if you have armor, some have psychological problems, and all are killed abruptly. It's almost making fun of other games for their excessive and seemingly unneeded amount of violence, with no sense of realism. And the game makes it very clear that the violence is meaningless, everyone you ever meet gets nothing in the end from their violence, except possibly, uh, 50 blessings but even they're the antagonist so i think it makes sense for the game to ultimately be saying that nothing matters which i don't disagree with um i just then think it's a very rick and morty well everyone on the internet's a nihilist now yeah so. <laughs> yeah yeah it's i i think that that falls into the same trap where you just i mean this game is hard to 
to talk about now. Like in 2012, it was fine because that was the new thing. Well, like, we're post Rick and Morty. We're, po- now, so. we're in a post Rick and Morty world where you can't talk about nihilism without acknowledging the elephant in the room. That, Thanks, Dan Harmon. That is like that where like nihilism is 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 pointless. I love you, Dan Harmon, but. You ruined it for the rest. You ruined of internet discourse for people like us on the internet to feel important about t- because we knew what nihilism he's was. Too good of a writer, and he's ruined it. We, we knew how to pronounce French philosophers' names. Oh God, wait, did he? Wait, are we being like philosophy hipsters now? Is that what we've done? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's we're being, sad. We're that's being fine. Hipsters, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking own it. Um. Okay. So essentialism and action heroes. I'm interested to get your reading on this. Um. Yeah. This came from when I was playing it. There's a particular moment where um. Uh. Jacket is scrapbooking the so like throughout the game in the in the coma section when you realize that you wake up afterwards and you're not sure if it was actually real or if it was his like delusions of his memories. He's not only collecting the newspaper articles of his like of of his the 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 news reacting to his murders, but he's actually scrapbooking them as well, which I yeah. thought was kind of crazy. Um, so I, th- this was what kind of led me down this rabbit hole. Um, it's about this idea of like essentialism and the action hero in like Western canon. So like. The gameplay in this game is extreme with the big X. Like, it's extremely violent. Everything dies extremely quickly. The bosses are extremely hard. You kill a lot of people extremely murdery. You know, um, you kill an extreme amount of people extremely. The way that I was thinking about this game is it's like a combination of Rambo and James Bond, where you kill a shitload of people, you save the girl, and she kind of hangs around and is maybe your girlfriend. And when she gets killed, it creates the third act turn. So it's like blow for blow every fucking action story right. in all of Western canon. Yeah. But by taking all of these ideas to like their natural extreme. So you know how in James Bond, it's like the, the damsel in distress often, they flirt like twice, and then she's on screen for the rest of the film and he suddenly cares about her. Right. It's that, but even more extreme. Where, as you said, like you see her five times or whatever. Yeah, like they they have nothing in common. They, they don't seem to have a relationship. She just kind at of all. exists. She's just there. Right? I, I I saw one one of the videos I saw was sort of talking about how like oh you know at at first she's she's like locked into the she's like in the bathroom she's like locked in the bathroom mm-hmm. and then like oh then she's on the couch and then she's like then like the apartment is like more cleaned up because it means that she's getting more used to know you. It's like, eh, or it's just- Or she just had a bath. <laughs> yeah, or it's just she's having a bath and just maybe just got sick of living in jackets filth. Right. And, but then- the, Like I think- I th- isn't, isn't there a- con- Also, here's a dirty grubby man. Isn't there a correlation to be drawn though between the way that when we watch films and stuff, because this this comes back to that thing of reality where like, if you showed someone those five different stages of, or those five different images of them spending time together- you your brain wants to fill in the gaps with oh they have a relationship like they're like do you know what like and if it was an action hero film and they did those five scenes you'd like would, a month you'd be like be oh they're getting montage. yeah you'd be like oh they're getting closer together yeah they'd have a relationship montage right this is just it's a relationship montage that's just got like like intercut with just like murderous Murder. rage yeah well, yeah well that's like what James Bond is as if you, as a franchise <laughs> yeah? if you think about it if you take all the films well I'm talking like together, Daniel Craig's just... run at least right because yeah, yeah. that, that potato head man kills a where lot of folks where it's just secretly just like a J- uh, Jason Bourne film yeah. yeah oh that's a good point as well yeah um, and the, I mean the, the takeaway from that which isn't especially exciting but I think you know touches on that that trope is that basically the idea is like um, the kind of you know dude with no name badass action hero thing is like silly and dumb and because the game is self-aware of that it doesn't really reject it it just goes hey isn't all this insane that we all think this is like a normal way to interpret reality and like even the fact that there's a scoring system even though it's a video game like suggests something about the nature of how we view violence in media this isn't my reading but like it's okay if it's a game because it's like a safe outlet for 
the desire to murder. Right. But the game doubles down on that by agreeing and being like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you gotta get those points. Yeah. But then you got games like Hatred, where it's like, that's like, that's like the triple down. That's where it's like, you know, we're gonna give you points, we're gonna give you scores, but we're gonna actually make the main character like, like a mass shooter. Like, have you seen, you've seen the Hatred video game? Uh, I don't, so, uh, is that the- It's the one that got like, it's where like the, 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 the trailer for it is really cringy, where it's just like, I'm gonna wipe the scum off this earth known as humankind. Holy it's shit. like they're gonna know my name about it's just yeah. it's just the worst. You just it, stop barfing. <laughs> yeah, it it came out like right sort of like smack bang and like the like the school shooting. Oh, is that the one where you fight got, the devil as the final boss, or am I thinking of something else? You're thinking of something else. No, okay. this one's this one's just like a it's like a, again, it's like a top down shooter. It's like Hotline Miami, but like shittier oh. and like a lot more like just just like black and white like oh, trying okay. to be really gritty yeah yeah like that was that game was like sort of they they were like oh it's satire when it's like nah, satire. it's, it's like really, no you just wanted to do murders nah, you just wanted to sort of be this weird uh, cringy thing it's God. it's it's like a but so do, <clears throat> do you think that this game falls into that category or it takes it to the next i don't think it does because it's so like even the you know the music and the sort of the aesthetics are just they're so like precise sort of yeah, yeah. they're so like not trying to be gritty like it, it's no like it's not like you know like a predator film or like i don't know i thought predator you Got said you Arnie, I think. <laughs> um you said rambo and i thought Arnie. yeah um, it's not like fair. you know it's not like that sort of like gritty dark moody it's mm-hmm. like it's quite bright and vibrant you know just with a lot of red have you played the game with the darkness mask on it's one of my favorite ways to play uh, it's where it makes everything like instead of it takes all the color right it makes everything like pulsing red and black as if everything's in like a power out it's one of the greatest ways to play the game because it i don't think i have you have to it, is it, it like a super late unlockable um it's must not be, that late but it makes the game much harder i must not have um, used it because i think when i play that game i tended to do, when i played i just use like one or two masks because when I really like the reason i brought that up is when i put that mask on <laughs> and it changes the way that the aesthetic works the music then and the music and the violence then also change right so instead of in the game where it's this hyper colorful like you know you punch it into a wall and then you punch his face in and there's blood everywhere it's kind of just like a bit more in the darkness one it's all pulsing red and black so when you you know beat someone into a wall and you 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 gut them with a knife the blood is like black and red and you can't really see what's like who's a person, who's a body, where the blood is, where the violence is, and it gives it this kind of like, um, uh, you know, the scenes in Kill Bill where it's like, oh right, the whole game feels like that, um, and it has this, it's really weird. Like I get way into it. Like I play that with like headphones on at like full volume, just like, like I get real into it. And there's something to that of like, I think it's it, there's a precision to the way that they made the game that makes it feel not like a clumsy metaphor or like a like an allegory for anything it just is what it is yeah like i don't yeah there's no real sort of like allegory that you can take from this game which is good because allegory is the worst yeah we talked about that before um we spoke laura and i talked about that in our talking podcast Tolkien talks about it Um, a lot yeah he's he's obsessed with it so speaking of allegory (laughs) do you want to hear a dumb one that someone proposed absolutely i i feel like this whole we should do we should do a show where we just we should do a show where we just get bad like oh, but like bad, bad metaphors bad readings and bad stuff. readings yeah. and just like just have a giggle okay so this one is uh the kanye west argument the kanye west theory the kanye the fucking yeezy theory <laughs> okay Jeezy christ <clears throat> sorry i gotta limber up <clears throat> um okay 
The basic comparison is that Hotline Miami is a post-postmodern criticism of video games. Sorry, you can't just say post-postmodern. <laughs> you can't you can't just say post-postmodern. Okay, so postmodern. I know is... what postmodern is. Yep. But post-postmodern, that's not a thing. So postmodern. Okay, so postmodern <laughs> is the idea of like so so modern culture says XYZ about the world. So postmodern sort of ironically says XYZ, but it's no. ironic ironic with a capital well, I. So no, so yeah, po- <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. So yes, so modern is like Sex in the City says X about culture. Right. Postmodern is we made a sitcom that makes fun of, in an ironic way, the tropes put forward by Sex in the City. Post postmodern is something that is ironically making fun of the irony of the thing that was making fun of the original product. In so doing, uh, agreeing with and and remythologizing the tropes of the original product. So is post postmodern people who are like Rick and Morty is actually a very deep and thoughtful show. No, that would be postmodern because the no, show that's... is already. Oh no, yeah, no, because yeah. postmodern is like no Rick and Morty is dumb. And no, stupid. no, because no, because current like yeah, no, no, current but... society like yeah, we live I'm... in a society, David, where. <laughs> Where like philosophical debate is like the norm. Yes. Because you have Twitter. Oh no, you're right. So the show what you're saying is when people watch the show, they go, Oh, the show's like, really deep. Yeah, the show's really deep because it's postmodern. Really but deep, the yeah. show's really post postmodern because all it's saying is no, like no, no, it's, it's just be modern. a Jerry. Oh, it's the just show modern. is just modern. The uh, I'm gonna do my head in. Look, let me get through this because it's really dumb. Um but the basic idea is like you go so far back on a trope that um that it just wraps around it becomes yeah, it, it becomes about the thing it's that non-non it's just it says it's nothing just negative it's yeah. just so in this Cancels case out. in this case it like in so Hotline about- Miami it says like the violence is the vi- it just says violence is violence like it also like the, the post postmodern reading is violence is just violence it has yep. no deeper meaning um so the, the the connection <laughs> the connection they've drawn oh, to geez. Kanye West is that Kanye West is so postmodern it makes my brain hurt. He's so, so postmodern. Because he's either a lunatic, which he might be, I don't know, or he's super postmodern. So the argument that this YouTuber made, whose name I can't, I don't have in front of me because I don't want to like fucking call him out on this right, show. Sure. But if yeah. you Google Kanye West and Hotline Miami, <laughs> Hotline Miami. Um, so, it, so in the song, this is just an example that I had off the top of my head because I was listening to Kanye in research for this. So uh, in Kanye's song, I Thought About Killing You, um, he tells the story in like a kind of ironic way about like he loves himself so much and the other day he was thinking about killing you in this case it would be his partner he doesn't really say who um and then he goes on to then like critique his opinion about that stuff where he's like but if i was being honest and i was trying to like gain support i'd say that you know these five things is what led me to think about killing you but the truth is i just love myself more than you and i think about killing myself all the time and it's just like it's all these layers but ultimately the layers wrap around to just be like yeah he kanye west just really likes himself right but like it the song makes it try and seem really like these different layers and shit and when you get to the end of it you're like oh he just kanye just likes himself and likes thought experiment like it's not this sure. deep kind of crazy thing and that was the connection he drew between this game and Kanye West, which I don't disagree with, but I just think like I mean, if you, like you that's true that, of everything. You right? do that with a lot of things. Yeah, that you can know, do like, any reading. That I'm mean, yeah, like it's not. <laughs> that's kind of silly. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, from a from a perspective of yeah, that idea that if if you push hard enough, you'll wrap around, you appear on the other side. You know, it's it's Poe's law, or it's you know, it's in horseshoe politics. Yeah, we talk about that. Yeah, a lot. so I like. You know, I can kind of get behind that, but I, I don't like why Kanye. You know, there's plenty of other artists. I just think because he's big and it gets yeah. you clicks. I don't know. 
Um, okay, can we get into the meat of this? Because I fucking want to talk about Bo with like the With, like, the few minutes that we ever made. I'll make sure. it work. Um, I want to talk about the reality and the Matrix problem of okay. this game. Because reality is a big part of- As in, like, The Matrix with a capital T and capital it's N? It's related to that. Yeah, it's related to that. Warner um, Brothers? Sorry? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, The Matrix, featuring Keanu Reeves, yeah. and I've forgotten all the other actors. Help me out. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. I was going to say Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, the guy who plays Red Skull. Oh, yeah. Mr. Smith. He's in that one. Yeah. Um, he also okay. plays an elf in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, he's Elrond. Yeah. Um, so, as we kind of touched on before, there's an idea in the game about like kind of reality breaking down so there's a half of the game that happens when you're in the coma theoretically or it's real and he's misremembering yeah it. and then the other half of the game is theoretically in reality but stuff happens in that that seems unlikely as well yeah um but it seems less unlikely because it's it's kind of if it's an unreliable narration in the first half like the second half feels more realistic because he paints himself as being vulnerable like, you know, he's sick and he can't Well, in the second half, it just kind of wraps through to the conclusion real quick. Like, mm. the, the first half is full of all of the sort of inciting incidences, mm-hmm. which are all the weird ones and all of the crazy shit that goes on. And it culminates in him getting shot. And you're like, oh, it's no, got, my boy got and then, shot. And then that's the act three. And it just rolls to the conclusion really quick. Yeah. And then you have the epilogue, which just comes around and goes, hey, do you remember that story? Remember that crazy story? Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I think the the... The second half, or whatever you know, the, the post brief. post coma, yeah, is is probably fairly accurate. Agreed. So let's talk about Plato, <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> and Baudrillard. Uh, so one of the things that oh sorry, Baudrillard, I can never fucking pronounce his name properly. He's French, but he wrote the I can never it's Simulac and Simulacron, um, which is what the Matrix is based off. Long story yeah. short, basically the idea is like, how do you know what is reality? And that's something this game seems to be really intrigued by in its own way because you got the unreliable narration or you know, is it a uh, simulation by his coma, that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, do you know about Plato's cave allegory? Yes. Okay. For those of you I who... did watch a YouTube video once okay. about Plato's For cave. For those of you who want, like, a quick summary, um, basically, Plato asks you to imagine a cave where people have been imprisoned from birth. Uh, the prisoners from birth are chained by the neck and legs in such a way that they can only look straight ahead at the wall in front of them, not around at each other or at the cave or anything. So, they're born and they can only look forward. Uh, Behind the prisoner is a wall, and on the far side of the wall is a fire. People hold objects uh, between the uh, above the fire, uh, behind the wall, uh, walking back and forth, effectively creating like shadow puppets where the prisoners are looking. Um, And the sounds that people communicate with as they go through and do this, the prisoners assigned to being like from the shadows. Plato then says, "Suppose one of the prisoners is freed. They would look around and discover the fire first of all, and the light would like burn their eyes, and it would hurt." Um, and if you then told them what they're now seeing is real, they would struggle to kind of adjust to this. Um, there's even this suggestion that some people would return to the shadow puppets out of fear. Yeah. Um, then suppose you drag this free prisoner out of the cave and into the real world. <laughs> After a long adjustment period, the free prisoner would eventually realize they now live in the real reality with the sun and everything, and they but go outside. do they? Ba-ba-ba. Yes, but I also finished, no. I finished your bit for you. Yes, but also no. No, don't don't say that. It's just yes. Over time, the free prisoner would pity those remaining in the cave and desire to free them as well. So then suppose the prisoner goes back into the cave to free the others. They would struggle to see in the darkness because they'd been outside for so long, and the other prisoners would perceive that leaving this reality has blinded this this freed prisoner and has harmed them, and therefore they would like resist escape. 
TLDR, like, we tend to resist changes in our perception, especially to our reality, and assign anything that doesn't agree with our reality as being, like, things that are bad for us. So in Hotline Miami, Jacket constantly ignores science as reality is fake. He never pays for anything when he goes to restaurants. Beard works everywhere. Um, The masked men in the living room take on the role of those attempting to free Jacket in a way. Yeah. Um, So in Plato's allegory, this would be like taking one of the prisoners aside and then once a day explaining a little bit to them about the outside world until they're ready to leave. But then they just don't because they're so stubborn that you have to like shoot them in the head, I guess. Like That's when you drag them out, I guess. Yeah. but yeah, then you have to like force them out of the cave. And I think there is something interesting in that because clearly, like, whilst it isn't a one to one parallel, when you play the game, even, you know, the, like the way that the violence works versus like in the early levels versus the later levels, it is awfully convenient that as the levels go on, you get better weapons at the start of levels and then enemies don't. Whereas, like, at the start of the game, everyone kind of has like the same shit as you like they mostly have pipes and knives and stuff yeah and as you go on everyone gets guns and then it scales back when you're in the real world where everyone has like more realistic shit on them so like one dude in one room has a gun and then three dudes in the other room have like baseball bats or pipes pipes or whatever yeah because you wouldn't have three dudes with assault rifles hanging out together (laughs) to team bros with their assault rifles yeah like you just wouldn't bro it up with an assault rifle so it feels a touch more realistic the further like after you wake up um, is that something that you picked up when you when you were playing it the first time, or is it only one of those things that when you sit back and look at it, you're like, this game is just a ripoff of Playtime? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or um, I think the so again the the second game does actually just sort of blow a lot of this stuff out of the water, mm-hmm. really just confirm a lot of things. You know, like Beard, this the character of Beard, he's mm-hmm. actually a character in the second game. Yep. You know, so it, a lot of these readings are kind of hard once you've played the second game. But yeah, I think from a... It's more uh, about like what, what you get from that reading. I guess from the perspective of, you know, the 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 pure sort of mechanical aspect of all of the characters having... Well, all of the enemies having sort of, you know, more quote-unquote realistic weapons. That's That's probably just mostly just like an accident of decent game design. <laughs> yeah. Because when you, when you, you know, when you're sort of making a video game mm-hmm. you you know those those levels where you're only we're up against guys with knives that's just because they're trying to teach you how to fucking play the game um when they start giving everyone guns they do the level design does tend in a way where yeah run has guns but you're like you're never really in much danger you know it's always just like open a door there's a guy with a gun you can deal with that because there's a door whereas like in later levels and especially in the second game they'll you know they'll fuck with you where they'll be like guy with a gun he's behind a pane of glass yeah have fun like he'll and just then fucking he'll kill just you. nuke you yeah. yeah and so i feel like in that sense you know well, they, they sort of yeah. they you know they do you know the stealth game thing where they start you know they've taught you how everything works and now they're gonna, they're gonna start making some puzzles twist. yeah yeah no for sure that yeah but at the same yeah. time that you know that you know you could argue that that's going from you know a very gamey thing of everyone has knives because I'm going to teach you how to deal with knives and now everyone has guns because I'm going to teach you how to deal with guns to, all right, now we're actually going to make levels based on what will, what would probably happen. Yeah, I, and I always struggle with that in games as well because it, like, as we both know, like, when you, because we've worked and we know game designers and we've made games, and st- like, there, a lot of that stuff is nice when it's a happy accident that a reading aligns with the way that a game is designed in a, in a, like, not in a way that the designers didn't intend, but, like, you can still read it. Like, you go, oh, this is supporting evidence for that argument. Yeah. But it doesn't make it true that the game designers went, oh, we we stacked the game in this way for these reasons. Yeah. But it is interesting that the more you play, the more you play this game, the more, like, 
observer bias you get with trying to connect those dots of like the reality shifting as you get further in and you see that through like the actual game itself yeah um and yeah i i don't know it all kind of ties back to that idea of violence being related to your perception of reality and like i don't think this game is encouraging violence in any way i think it's actually the opposite but one of the biggest problems you have when you put out a game that is a hyper violent like this is is that people react to it and they go oh ah, this game is bloody or... video game yeah it's, it's like a the kids telling the frogs gay right it's like putting a yeah it's exactly it but like you know you have to believe you have to believe everything at but that also means you have to believe gay frogs like yeah. it's it's a whole argument of like if you want to read a game in a specific way that's fine but like recognizing that that's what you're doing is the key thing and acknowledging that i think a game as good as this doesn't happen by accident but at the same time like the game designers didn't sit down like a denaton games and be like now, Plato's allegory of the can. <laughs> you know, they went, man, the Matrix is fucking sick. We could do, like, a coma. But they still, you know, they, they still set things up for the sequel. There's a lot of things in this game which are, you know, it either just, you know, they really, really, try, like, tried to ham-fist it into the sequel or they mm -hmm. kind of planned it ahead of time. Yeah. So, there are, you know, it's almost like they were they made this first game knowing that they were just going to I don't know, just kind of break it when they release the second yeah. one, which I guess, like, you know... Or reframe it, at least. Yeah, or yeah. frame it in general. Yeah, it, it, felt, it felt like they were like, here's this slice of, like, this enigma thing. Yeah. And then they went, okay, here's the second one, and now it's, it's, it. yeah. it's within a... I kind of prefer just the enigma. I, I like the simplicity of, especially with something like this, you get to interpret it in a way that you find yeah. the most interesting. So, yeah, like, we, this whole time, we've just been ignoring the second game, which gives all of yeah. the answers to every question we have. But right. Like, but that's fuck not the second game. We haven't played yeah. it. It's illegal in Australia. That's also not the point, I don't think, of this game. Like, I don't think that the game is trying to give you answers. It's more about, like, the journey of trying to, like, dig <laughs> it's, into it's it. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about the journey. And Welcome the murder. DCM works. See you next year. Uh, we do have to wrap up uh, the show. So, have you got any recommendations for this week? Oh shit! Yeah, you did not. Uh, you forgot because with all been the playing stuff a, a, a board game, well, a, a video board game, a video game called Armello. It's fun. Okay, what it's, is? It's about animals and a king that is slowly dying, and you gotta you gotta run around as animals and kill each other. Is that on the Switch or is that just on the? PC? Uh, it's on PC at the moment. Okay, it's got okay. animals. It's got anime. It's, it's, basi say it's, it's basically a digital board game. Um, so that sounds fun. Yeah, it's good fun. Was that multiplayer or like? Uh, I it might have multiplayer. I've just been playing okay. a single player. It's got like online multiplayer, but it's the kind of thing where because it has um, because it has sort of like hit. It has an element of hidden information. We have like a hand of cards. It's mm -hmm. hard to it's hard to make those games like sort of couch co op playable. Yeah, different to like a uh, I don't know other games i kind of know what you mean versions. where it's like easier yeah. like some games you know like uh some you know you don't know jack or the the jackbox games you have to have your phone because you have to have an element of hidden information yeah. it's, it's hard to do mm -hmm. I, I can attest yeah. to it being hard to no, do because i've because i've actually done it for a uni it. for a for a uni uh, uh, for no, a uni I, project and it sucks i like that <laughs> uh so i've just thrown to the chat if, if you all have any recommendations so if anyone uh watching this yeah, live has anything drop it in the chat um, I have just finished uh, watching season two of American Vandal. It's still one of my favorite shows. Um, it's so hard to explain why it's good and what it is, but basically it's a show that follows people making documentaries about crimes at school. The first one is someone draws dicks on cars, and the second one is someone oh, makes is, everyone poop. Is that, um... It's really good. Is that, fee is that have a... What's his name? The guy from like Twenty One Jump Street, isn't he in there? Uh no. You are thinking of the 
uh, the Jonah Hill one. No, that's that's a new show with Emma Stone that's coming out soon. It's not. Out it's yet. like a show where like it's he's drawing like dicks on manic. cars. No, you. What? That's and, the, and no, it's they not. They like accuse him of it. He's like, I didn't do it. Yeah, that's that's drew. not the that's not, not Channing Tatum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no? you're thinking it's Channing Tatum. It's not Channing. Tatum. It's not Channing Tatum. They could not look. Oh, they do have every block. Who is it? Uh, just some kid. He's no one. It's just no. He's not an actor. He's just a kid. Like, anyway, all right. Yeah, uh, it's really good. I really enjoy it. It's it's one of the best put together shows on TV. Obviously, we just finished BoJack season five. I just finished BoJack well, season five. Yeah, I haven't finished it. Um, if you're staying for the post show, uh, if you're a patron or you're seeing this live, we'll talk a bit about our initial impressions without spoiling anything about that. But I really without recommend that. Anything, that's yeah, gonna be really hard. Um, and then I also I've just re I've started at because Adam suggested I start watching Ozark season two, which I'm finally getting to, and it's really good and I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah, that's pretty much it uh but if people wanted to support us where could they find us facebook at dcm works social patreon patreon what what am i doing youtube patreon's the last one patreon's the last I one i was in like auto mode I was yeah like, you were so was i apparently just the wrong order youtube.com slash dcm works if you're watching this uh if you wanted to see the show live and get the exclusive bonus show you could uh you could uh go to our youtube channel subscribe and hit the, to reorder do the bell been, thing i order them in order of importance i think it needs to go youtube and patreon now yeah, yeah. Uh, twitter at tcm underscore works youtube <laughs> yeah, we, do, uh, we did that one also. <laughs> yeah, patreon. <laughs> uh, uh, patreon.com slash dcmworks we got you commands in the chat right now Woo! thanks for coming out and saying hi you uh you also says for his recommendations he says the shadow of the tomb raider which is the new game that's oh. out um apparently it's really good everyone's been saying it's yeah. it's it's a real like nice cap to that trilogy and yeah. then hopefully whatever they do next can be great Everyone I've talked to has said it's fantastic, so I'm excited to see where that one goes. I'm putting in Adams for him, which is Ozark, because he told me to watch it. Um, <laughs> suck it, Adley. Uh, I win this round. Yeah, so if you wanted to contribute live, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash dcmworks, uh, where we're going to try and live stream this every, roughly this time every week, but it will fluctuate. if you want to contribute live? Yeah, like into the chat, add recommendations. Oh, not like throw money at us in real time. No. Because I thought we were still talking about Patreon. No, no, no. I haven't got to Patreon yet. And I was going to yeah, say... Yeah, we have. Patreon. No, I meant, no, I meant like the... God, see, this, this is what happens. See you next week, everybody. You brought my plugs. Maynard.trig.com. Buy David's book. Jesus. Um, do do go do that, though. That would be good. Um, no, I was just going to say, or if you want to see the post show, but you can't be here live, uh, if you're a Patreon, uh, you can get access to that every week. So you can go do that if you want. Help support us. And do the stuff you guys normally do. The, you know, reviews and likes and comments and all that good stuff. Otherwise, uh, if you wanted to follow us individually, I'm at DCMIHeyPi. I'm at Little Citrus. And we will see you guys next week.